0: Enjoy the message.
1: All right, good morning, Day Spring. You got to be a little bit more excited. Good morning. good morning. Hey, good morning. When you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin. If you didn't get one, raise your hand. They'll bring one to you. I know it's a little hot in here. I was jumping with my kids, and now I'm out of breath. But uh, we'll get the AC going. Hey, man, if you need uh, an outline, which I think you do today, we're going to be looking at a very uh, important Awesome, fun topic, uh, so you'll want one today to follow along. If you're visiting us today for the first time, we want to welcome you. We want you to feel at home. We want you to know that you're in a safe place. It's always good to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Listen, we gathered We gathered to worship God. We gathered to give Him glory because He's worthy of it. But when we gather... There's also a special blessing that the Lord sends on our time together. Did you know that? I mean, there's certain blessings that God has designated for certain, in certain ways. So when we gather, there is a special blessing that God sends in our midst. So if you've ever tempted to say, man, I think I won't go today and I'll just watch it online. That's good. But we want you to know that you're missing on a special blessing. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to begin a new topic today on angels and demons. Um, I want to start with the story and then we'll jump right into the topic. All right. I'm very excited. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. But I want to start with the story. And the story says that God wanted to know how things were going down on earth. So he called one of his angels and he said, I want you to go down there and I want you to check things out and come back and give me a report. So the angel goes and after a while he comes back and he, God says, well, how are things down there? And the angel says, well, I'm afraid to tell you that it's not looking good. He says, in fact, things are very bad. There's a lot of evil. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of bad going on. 95% of the people down there are bad and only five are doing good. God wanted a second opinion, so he grabs an angel with a even higher authority and he says, I want you to go down there and I want you to check things out and come back and tell me what's going on. So the second angel goes, he takes a little bit longer, but eventually comes back and he gives God the same report. 95% of the people are not doing good. So God wants to encourage that 5% that are doing good, right? So he says, you know, I want to encourage them. I want to motivate them to not cave in to the bad, to not cave in to the evil. He says, so I'm going to send them an email and encourage them. Do you know what that email said? Oh, you didn't get one? (laughs) Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your presence in this place. Lord... As we begin this topic, Father, we want to bind any confusion. We want to bind any fear that the enemy may try to bring. Lord, your word says that we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. So Father, as we learn about these celestial beings, we want to learn because they also are a creation of yours and they tell us about you, Lord. But we also want to learn about them Because we want to be prepared for those that oppose and we want to be able to to be able to use the help of those that want to help us, Lord. Father, I pray that your word would not only enlighten us, but that it would affect the way we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I don't know if you know this, but we are not alone in this world. We are not alone, and if when you hear me say that, aliens come to mind, well, in the coming weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll look at how angels and demons connect to aliens, but there is more to this natural world. There is a supernatural world. We live in a world that is not just physical, but that is also supernatural. Things that are happening in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, that our physical eyes cannot see. If we could for a second be able to peel back our physical eyes and see with our spiritual eyes, we would see the spiritual activity going on around us. We live in a world that has a supernatural, that has supernatural beings that intercept and influence our lives. Let me prove that to you biblically. Look at what Colossians 1, 16 says right there in your outlines. If you have your bulletin, you can pull out your outline and look at what Paul says. It says, for through him, God created everything in what? The heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones kingdoms, rulers, and authorities and where? In the unseen world. By the way, that order right there is believed to be the hierarchy of angels and demons. Look at that once again. We'll, we'll check that out in the coming weeks. But I just wanted to point that out to you. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities where? In the unseen world. Look at this, everything was created through him and for him. Now you may be familiar with Ephesians 6:12, which is going to be the key verse in this series. And look at what Paul tells us in, in Ephesians 6:12. He says, "For we are not fighting against what? Flesh and blood, enemies. Let, let, let me stop right there. First of all, Paul insinuates, he lets us know that we're in a battle, that there is a war but that our war is not against flesh and blood. I know you've heard this before, but your marital problems are not with your husband. They're not with your wife. They're not with your kids. They're not with your co-workers. The battle that's really going on is in the supernatural world that is influencing your kids, that is influencing your spouse, that is influencing your co-workers. And Paul says, for we do not fight. And that is one of the reasons we're doing this series. Because there is a supernatural world and a supernatural war that many believers are not aware to it. And they're losing battles like crazy. He says, for we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against what? Check this out. Evil rulers and authorities of where? The unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits where? Where? In the heavenly realm. So there is a supernatural world in which we live in. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. But before we jump into the series, I want to give you some reasons why we're doing this series. Because it's a little bit different than the typical series that we do. We usually want to help you live better. We want to help you make better decisions. We want to help you get closer to God. But this series is going to be more about about Clarifying our knowledge and clarifying our understanding on celestial beings on supernatural beings So let me give you a few reasons why we're doing this series number one We're doing this series because it's a very interesting topic You may not be aware of this But this is one of the most popular topics in Hollywood Now you don't always see it as angels and demons But it's all over Hollywood Sometimes it is is exposed as as supernatural beings who have supernatural powers like the characters in Marvel or the Force in Star Wars. And it could be something as innocent as that or something as overt and more perverted as, as the magic, the witchcraft, the spells that take place in Harry Potter. Hollywood is very fascinated. Our culture is very fascinated with this topic. You often get movies about the boogeyman and, and the spirits and, 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 and even priests now that are possessed. I thought I saw something like that in the, in the movie uh, thing the other day. So it's a very interesting topic that our kids, especially if you're young, I know that with your friends you're talking about these things. And, and if you're going to talk about it as your pastor, I want you to know what the Bible teaches about it. But the second thing is that because they're talking about it, the reason we're doing this series is because we need to clarify a lot of things regarding this topic. Whatever we believe about angels and demons should be so. And it shouldn't be because Hollywood told us. It shouldn't be because a a TV show told us. It shouldn't be because we read it in some novel. It should be because the Bible tells us so. And and here's the thing. I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but angels... Angels are kind of minimized, right? Angels are seen as these cute naked babies, right? That they flow around with a harp and they're so defenseless. Hollywood has feminized angels so much, right? It's like when you think about angels, I mean, you tell a woman like, oh, you're so angelic, you're as beautiful as an angel. But one of the things that we're going to see in the Bible is that all the angels when they appear are all males. And they're very powerful, they're not these innocent, they're not these cute naked little babies. They're wonderful supernatural creatures. But Hollywood tends to minimize, right? What angels look like. And on the other hand, they tend to exaggerate what demons are, right? Demons are these big, powerful, scary looking things. Well, did you know that Satan was one of the most beautiful creations of God? Yes. You know? Yeah, he was created handsome, but he's not handsome anymore, right? He's a fallen angel. And sometimes we think of demons as these wonderful beings that, 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 that are too powerful for us. So we want to be able to clarify that and, and be able to say, what I believe about the supernatural world is because the Bible tells us so. Now, why should the Bible be our authority? Well, because it's God's inspired word. And the Bible speaks about angels and demons over 300 times. And yes, it doesn't answer all of our questions, but it does give us enough information to have a biblical understanding of what angels and demons are. The third reason why we're doing this series is because if you're a believer, I want to remind you. And if you are not a believer, if you're not walking with the Lord, I want to I want to warn you. I want to awaken you to the reality of this unseen supernatural world. Because when we understand angels and demons better, we're going to understand God's plan better. We're going to understand how God's plan is opposed. We're going to understand how God works through these supernatural beings for our good. But also... As we understand as believers, uh, as we are reminded of this reality, we're going to be able to better fight the, f- the good fight of faith. Amen. Recall to the verse that we just read in Ephesians. Paul says that we are fighting a spiritual battle. Listen, the, these celestial beings are in a war. They're not just in a war with us. They're in a war against each other. And you know why they battle? They battle for you and for me. We are the winning prize. We are what they want to conquer, what they want to obtain. And if you don't have a good biblical understanding of your enemy, you're going to be defeated by your enemy very easily. You're going to open doors and you're going to make concessions and you're going to do things that give him leverage. And then you're going to wonder why God hasn't worked in your life. Well, God, I've been praying for you to do this and you haven't done it. Well, could it be that maybe because we don't know our enemy, we, t- we tend to be siding unconsciously and maybe innocently with the enemy? But also when you know about angels, well, then you're going to know how God often uses them to help us. How they're there for our benefit and not against us. So, so, so we want to be able to do this series for all those reasons. We want to be awakened to the reality of a supernatural world. We want a biblical understanding so that we can better uh, walk our faith, so that we can better fight spiritual war. But, but here's the other thing that, that, that I want to make sure, and I, I'll, uh, I'll remind you every week as we do this. We have to avoid two extremes. Two extremes. And the first extreme is that extreme where you see a demon behind every bush. Where everything is a demon's fault, right? And there's no human responsibility. Let me tell you, yes, we're going to look at demons and how they operate. But not all the sinning you do is a demon's fault. Sometimes you walk yourself right into it. They don't need your help. You're really good at getting yourself into sin. So we have to avoid that first extreme where, where um, you know, we blame everything, where we see a demon behind every bush. But then we have to avoid the other extreme where we don't acknowledge that these celestial beings intersect and influence our lives on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Right? Uh, in the coming weeks, I'll share with you about an experience that I believe I had with an angel. I'll share an experience that my dad and a group of men from the church had with angels. And, and uh, you know, we have, but we have to avoid these two extremes. Now, what I want to do today is I want to give you a foundation, I want to give you a biblical foundation as we begin to talk about angels and demons. Today, I want to give you a foundation, just some general information that you need to know. Next week, we're going to look at angels specifically. We're going to look at what they're like, how they, they were created, what they do, the rankings, all that good stuff. The following week... We're going to look at Satan because he is an angel. He's a fallen angel, right? We're going to look at his origin. When was he created? When did he fall? What is he like? How does he rule? All those sort of things. And then the last week, we're going to look at demons. And we're going to look at where they come from, how they operate. And we're going to look at what demons have to do with giants. Today, we just sang a song that said, you are my champion. Giants fall. What does that have to do? Well, we're going to look at all that in the coming weeks. But today, I want to give you a foundation. And I think it's going to be enough. We're going to have a lot of scriptures. I couldn't put them all in your outline because there were too many. But you want to have a pen so that you can write them down, okay? Now, I want to give you a foundation. But here's what I want to say. You got you to listen to this before we go into the, the first point. There is a lot about this topic that the Bible doesn't answer. Did you hear me say that? In other words there's a lot of gray areas. I wish that there was that everything about angels and demons was black and white. In other words that it was def- clearly defined. No, there's a lot of gray areas. There's a lot of things that are implicit that are assumed as we read the scriptures. Okay? So when something is not as black and white there's always freedom of opinions. Yeah. And I'm going to share with you some of the different views that, that that some group of Christians have on certain things. And you may have a different opinion than the one I may have. Okay? But here's what you need to know. This is not an essential topic. And what do I mean by that? Whatever you believe about angels and demons doesn't save you or rob you of your salvation. Because salvation is only in one. Who? Oh, Jesus Christ. So it's important for us to know because it can help our walk in faith. It definitely helps our walk. It definitely equips us to better fight. But getting the right theology about angels doesn't make you saved or unsaved. Do you get that with me? Amen. So if you differ in some of the opinions or or beliefs about these angels and demons, uh, I would say two things. Number one, you gotta make sure that what you believe is biblical and it's supported by the Bible. And number two, if it is and we still differ, we have to make room to have difference of opinions. Where we cannot differ is in the essentials. And the essentials is who? Jesus. That we're sinners and that he's the only way to salvation. That there's only one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those things and that the Bible is the inerrant true word of God. Those things we cannot differ because those are essential. But something that's angels and demons, while it is important, it is not essential. Amen? So you understand that? All right. Because I think, I think I'm going to get a lot of emails with a lot of questions and, and I'm going to welcome them, okay? All right, let's go into an introduction to angels and demons. Let me grab a sip of water. Now, as we begin our conversation about angels and demons, here's the first thing, and the first point has nothing to do with angels and demons, but it's important because this is foundational. And if you ever get confused about anything I say, if you ever if the enemy tries to bring any kind of fear or doubt or concern about any of the points, Go back to this first point and you'll always end up in the right place. And here's the first thing you got to know as we talk about angels and demons. And that is that there is only one God. There is only one God. We're going to talk about the nature, about the power, about the assignment, about the influence, about the activity of angels and demons. And as we do that, There's going to be some things that you don't understand or maybe don't fit your way of thinking. And the enemy may try to bring fear or confusion. But you got to go back to this big reality that there is only one God. Look at what the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 2 5. There is how many gods? One God. Satan is not God. The demons are not God. The angels are not God. There is only one God. Isaiah 45 5 says the following says, I am the Lord, and there is what? No No other. Apart from me, there is no God. Deuteronomy 4.35 You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is what? Is God. Beside him there is no other. Now this is important because we're going to see in a little bit that one of the names that the Bible gives to angels and demons is God's. Lowercase g, not capital G. But these are not God's. Like God is God. God is the only eternal being. He didn't have a beginning and he doesn't have an end. He was not created. He was not shaped by anybody. He is eternal and there's nobody like him. He's the only one that is omnipotent. And omnipotent means that he's all powerful. There's nobody in creation that has the same power that God has. In fact, the Bible teaches that all power is, That all power that anybody has, including angels and demons, is power that God has given to them. And the only all-powerful being is God himself. He's the only one that is omniscient. In other words, he's the only one that knows all things. Demons and angels do not know the future. Well, Pastor, how is it that they can predict? Well, they've gotten really good at trickery and deception. And and, and they study you so they know your habits and your patterns so they can make predictions. But they don't know the future like God does. Only God is omniscient, all-knowing. There's nothing that is hidden from him. But also, only God is omnipresent. In other words, he's everywhere at all times. Satan is not omnipresent. He's limited to one place. And I'll tell you this, he's not in hell. A lot of us think Satan is in hell. No, he's not in hell. He's on earth wreaking havoc. But he's, he's not omnipresent. He can't be at my house and your house at the same time. But God can. God doesn't have to go anywhere because he's already everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future. He is the I am. God, God cannot be touched by evil, God cannot be corrupted by evil, and God cannot be evil. He did not create evil, nor did he cause evil. He is above evil, and he opposes evil. So the question then becomes then, where did evil come from? Well, come next week, and we'll talk about it. We'll we'll, we'll tell you. But God is above evil. Now, why is this important? Well, This is important, the reason we start our topic about angels and demons with this first point is because these things that I just mentioned are not true of any other being but God. They are not true of Satan, they are not true of angels, they are not true of demons, and they are not true of you. They are only true of God. God is in a class all by himself. God has no counterpart. Did you know that? A lot of times we think of Satan as God's enemy. Let me tell you, Satan does not match, does not stand a chance against God. God has no counterparts. God has no equal enemies. You know who is Satan's enemy? Michael, the archangel Michael. And the Bible tells us that in the end, Michael is going to defeat him, enslave him. But God has no has no enemy that can stand the chance to him now why is that important well that's really really important because as we talk about the supernatural world as we talk about the spiritual battle here's what you got to know demons don't stand the chance satan doesn't stand the chance against god and his elect and if God is your Lord, if he is your savior, let me tell you, you don't need to be afraid of any demon or any, or any uh, uh, work of Satan because we have victory in Jesus Christ. You know, when we talk about God's holiness, we often think that his holiness refers to his purity. And it does. But holiness means more than his purity. Holiness is his uniqueness, his otherness. He is holy because there's nobody like him. There's no celestial being. There is no supernatural being that is equal or even close to equal to God. That's why he's holy. That's why as we're going to see in a little bit, angels sing, holy, holy is he. Because he's unique. He is unlike anybody else. So as we talk about angels and demons once again, you need to remember there is only one God. Then nobody stands a chance against them. But here's the second thing you, I, I, you got to know. And that is that God created supernatural beings. God created the celestial beings. God created angels and demons. Now it is very commonly known that God created humans, right? We know that in Genesis 1 and 2. But did you know that it was also God who created these supernatural beings? Let me give you two passages Psalm 48, verses 1 and 2 and 5. Look at what it says Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from what? The heavens. Remember what Paul says? Where's our battle? In the heavenlies. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command, they were what? Created. God created them. All right. We already saw 1 Colossians 1.16, but let's look at it again. Now, some of these passages are not going to be in your outline, but they'll definitely be up here. If I had put every passage in your outline, you would have had like three papers. Okay, so, so you want a pen and a pencil or a pencil so that you can write these scriptures down. But Colossians 1.16, look at what it says. It says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him. And what? For him. Now, second thing you got to know the first thing you got to know about angels and demons is that God created them. And because they are created, they are not like God. They are less than God. They were created by God. And He created them to be eternal. They don't die. They're eternal. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. Now, the question is, well, when did God create angels? Well, we know that angels were created before humans. In fact, the Bible gives us a hint that angels were there as God was making creation. Let me, let me prove that to you. Let, let me show that to you. In Job, 38 verses 4 and 5. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Job, but Job gets into this argument with God, right? He's questioning God over the things that are happening. And God says, okay, you think you're so smart? Well, let me question you about some things. And one of the things that God questions Job about, is about creation. And look at what God says to Job. He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? So he's talking about creation. Tell me if you know so much, Right. Some of you, you've been arguing with God and you're like, God, why you let this happen? And why is this like that? And I think if God had a chance to audibly speak to you and he says, well, if you know so much, let me ask you some questions. (laughs) Verse five, who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone? Look at verse seven. As the morning stars, and we're going to see that that is one of the names for celestial beings. As the morning stars sang together, and all the angels, what? Shouted for joy. So they were created before human beings were. Next week, we'll talk about exactly when they were created. How many did God create? How many angels and demons are there? Well, the Bible doesn't give us a specific number. But we're going to look at two verses, and the belief is that there are millions, if not billions, of celestial beings. Now, how many of them are good, and how many of them are bad? Well, we'll also see that in the coming weeks. The popular belief, belief, one of the things that many Christians believe, is that one-third of all angels fell with Satan. That is the popular belief, and we're going to look at that. But did you know that that was not the only rebellion that happened with angels? There were more rebellions. Satan was the biggest one, but there were other rebellions. And, and, and the Bible doesn't say that there can't be more rebellions in the future to come. So how many angels are there? Well, look at these two verses in Hebrews twelve twenty two says, You have come to thousands upon thousands of what? Angels. Now, angels don't procreate. Their number has been set, right? It's not like a female angel gets with a male angel, right? And they have little angels. I know that that's the story you tell your kids, you know? It's like, you know, I'm an angel, your mom is an angel, and you're a little angel. Well, here's something else you got to know. When we die, no human being becomes an angel. We don't become angels, Angels were already created, and they're a different creation than we are. And by the way, most angels don't have wings. In fact, there's only two kinds of angels, and we're going to look at them next week, that are the only ones that we see in the Bible that have wings, and they're the weird ones. They're the ones with the eyes and all the wings, and right? But when we die, we don't become angels. I know you say, oh, another angel got his wings. Well, you got that from Hollywood, not the Bible. Okay. I know some of you, you think you married an angel, and that's a good metaphor, but, but it's not literal. Okay, Guys, you missed it. That was your chance to hug your wife and say, you know, there is an angel, and you're it,
0: right? But uh, Hebrews says, you have come to thousands upon thousands. Revelations 5.11 says the following, Then I looked again, and I heard the
1: voice of thousands and millions of angels around the throne, and of the living beings and the... Elders. While some angels have rebelled against God, it is believed that there are more supernatural beings that are with God than those that oppose God. Right? But God created these supernatural beings. Now, here's the third thing, and you can fill this out in your outline. These supernatural beings are called by different names. They're called by different names in the Bible. I know that we refer to them as angels and demons, and, and I understand what we're doing. But to minimize all these supernatural beings into two categories is to do injustice to their power, to their, to their uh, class, to their activity, to their force. So, so the Bible calls them by different names. And I'm going to give you some of them. And when we talk about angels, we'll talk about their specific ones. And when we talk about demons, we'll talk about their specific ones. But, but, but let me give you some of the names that the Bible uses to talk about angels and demons. Number one is the word spirits. It's spirits. They are referred to as spirits because that's what they are. In Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are not all the angels spirits who work for God? So these celestial, supernatural beings are also called spirits. And and, and let me tell you why this is important. Because in Hollywood, in a lot of these movies, in a lot of these books, they won't use the name demon, but they'll use a spirit. And if you don't know, let me go once again, you won't be able to fight the good fight. And you'll make an open door to these celestial evil beings. Angels are also spirits, but it's also true of demons. Another name that the Bible uses to refer to them is Holy Ones or Heavens. Look at what Job 15.15, as you fill that out in your outline, look at what it says. It says, See, God puts no trust in His Holy Ones. The heavens are not pure in His eyes. And if you read that verse in in more literal uh, contemporary um, translations, it translates holy ones in heavens as angels. Now, notice what it says there. Notice notice what what that verse says. It says that God doesn't put their trust in them. Why not? Well, because some already rebelled. And some can still rebel. So God doesn't put his trust on them, right? The, uh, another two names that, that the Bible uses to refer to them is stars and sons of God. Stars. Celestial beings are known as stars. Star Wars. Sound familiar? Now, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to insinuate that it's bad, but what I want you to see is that there is a lot more going on than what we often want to see. And celestial beings are referred to as stars and also sons of God. Not son of God, but sons of God. Okay, And that title specifically is going to be very key when we talk about demons. Look at what Job 38, 7 says. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God called out for what? For joy. Another name that they're given is the name gods, lowercase g, not capital G. By the way, when you text somebody or when you're going to make a post and you're going to refer to God, you always got to make a capital G. Okay? It's not only proper grammar, it's it's theologically correct. Because if you don't, you're referring to some other god and maybe some demon. I don't know. Okay? But angels and demons are also referred to as gods. You know why they're called gods? Because they do have power. They're supernatural beings with superpowers. And we're going to look at the kind of powers that they have in the coming weeks. But Psalms 82.5 says this. It says, God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. Okay. Another name uh, or names that are used for them is ministers or servants. Ministers or servants. By the way, the the word angel means messenger. And these angels are only one type of the many celestial beings that there are. Not all of them are angels. Some of them are seraphims, some of them are are archangels, and and so forth. But angel means messenger. Messenger. Right, but another uh names that the Bible used for them is the word ministers or servants. Look at what Psalms 10321 says. It says, Bless the Lord, all his what? Host, his ministers who do his will. Hebrews one fourteen says, Are are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? By the way, that verse, Hebrews 1.14, it's one of the, the verses that we have to believe that we have uh, a guardian angel. And we're going to talk about if that's true or not, right? And I will tell you this, you likely have more than one guardian angel. And we need more than one guardian angel because some of us, man, right? So, so, so we'll talk about that. Another name that is given to them is watchers or watcher. Now, Why watchers? And who are they watching? I'll tell you who they're watching. Number one, they're watching God. Because as we just read, they're ministers, they're servants, right? They are God's help for those who will inherit salvation. You and I, right? So they're looking at God to receive orders from God. God, what do you want me to do? You want me to go intervene or you want me to let her learn this lesson? Right? But they're also watching you. They're watching you. As we're going to see next, in amazement. We are an amazing thing to angels because they look at us and they say, how can these created beings that are less than us be the ones that God uses to spread his glory throughout the world? But they also watch us to protect us. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord camps around those who fear him, right? And he protects them. They guide us. As when we talk about angels, you're gonna, I'm going to tell you that it's very likely that you've probably met an angel and you didn't even know it. And you don't know it because you don't know how they operate and what they're like. So to you, it was just this weird guy or this weird gal or, or the burrito that you ate. Praise God. But they're watching you. They're watching you. Look, look at what Daniel 4, 13 and 17 says. It says, I saw in the vision of my head as I laid in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one came down from heaven. The sentence is by decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the what? Holy ones. To the end that the living may know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and it gives it to whom he will and sets over it its lowliest of what? man and then paul in 1 corinthians 419 writes and we have become a spectacle to the entire world to people and what angels alike and paul's talking about believers in that context so they're also watchers if you're familiar with uh with comic books you know that in the marvel world one of the most powerful beings is the watcher or the watchers uh, you know, as I've been reading and studying a lot, I'm a big comic book fan. And I'm wondering if Stan Lee read the Bible or read some theological book about celestial beings. Because it's all over the superheroes. Amen? But another two names, and we'll end with this. Uh, they're called host and Mighty Ones. They're called host and Mighty Ones. And these, these category of angels, quote-unquote, hear me out see me quote unquote they're the weird ones these are the ones you don't want to mess with these are the ones with all the wings and the eyes and the weird animal faces they're God's special forces they're the powerful ones right they, they distinguish themselves from all the other celestial beings look at what Psalms twenty four ten says who is the king of glory the Lord of hosts is the king of glory and that verse talks about a special force, an army that God has, that God orchestrates, that God commands, that you want to mess with. Psalm 103.20 says, Praise the Lord, you His angels, you what? Mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. Now, next week, we're going to talk about cherubims and seraphims and archangel, and, and we'll get a little bit more into detail. But here's the fourth thing, the fourth thing you need to know, and I I, I got to hurry up, right? The fourth thing is the nature of these supernatural beings. In other words, what are these supernatural beings like? And I'm going to give you just a foundation today, okay? And this is true of angels and demons, okay? Number one, they have... Intellect, emotions, and will. They have intellect, emotions, and will. Let me tell you a little bit about each one. Intellect. They are smart. They are smart. Did you know that Satan was described as having great wisdom? An angel. When an angel comes and he appears to to Daniel, he explains to Daniel the vision. But not only explains it to to Daniel, he says, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. In other words, they can form opinions about people because they have intellect. Now, the fact that they have intellect, as I mentioned, they cannot see the future. The Bible says that if demons could see the future, they would have never crucified Jesus. Because they would have known that what they thought was going to be their victory was their greatest and ultimate defeat but they do have intellect. They see you. They watch you because demons watch you too. And they can predict your behavior in the future based on your past behavior, based on how you talk. They're kind of like Alexa, right? Have You've heard that whole controversy, right? That if you're talking, Alexa's listening and then when you open up your computer, if you were talking about going to Palm Springs, suddenly you get specials on Palm Springs. Well, I'm not saying Alexa's a demon, but... (laughs) They have emotions. Did you know that? They have emotions. Evil supernatural beings hate God. They hate him with a passion. The Bible says that angels rejoice when a sinner comes to Christ. Because they have emotions. They do. And they have a will. We've alluded already to the fact that some of them rebelled. Right? Some of them chose to go against God that's because they have will. They can choose and decide. So what are these supernatural beings? They have intellect, they have emotions, and they have will. But the second thing about them and how they are is that they are spirits. And I already alluded to that because that is one of the names that is given to them. They are spirits. They are not flesh and blood like you and I. They can appear as humans. They can appear as humans, but the Bible tells us that they have a spiritual body. Did you know that? There's a human body, but there's also a spiritual body. Look at what 1 Corinthians 15, says. It says, They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as what? Spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also what? Spiritual bodies. These are spirits, which means they can go through walls. Which means they can do things that our physical body limits us from doing. But the third thing, what are these supernatural beings like? They are powerful. They are powerful. Not as powerful as God, but they are more powerful than you and I. They are. And, and, and some demons are more powerful than other demons. And some angels are more powerful than other angels. But these supernatural beings... They're powerful. Let me show you two passages about angels and how powerful they are. In Revelation 7, 4, look at what it says. Then I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds so that they did not blow on the earth or the sea or even on any tree. How powerful are these angels? They can hold back the wind. Right? They have that kind of power over nature. In 2 Kings 19.35, look at what it says. That that night, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian what? Soldiers. One angel. 185 Assyrian soldiers. They're powerful. And last, the last thing as a foundation for our study, you got to know that God created these supernatural beings to fulfill specific functions. In other words, God created them for a purpose. God created them, as Colossians 1.16 tells us, for his glory, for his use, for his plan. There are things that God wants to accomplish and he uses these supernatural beings to fulfill that. Now, what are some of the functions that these supernatural beings um, have? Well, let me mention a few of them to you. Number one, They contribute to divine counsel. They contribute to divine counsel. We're going to see in this series that the Bible tells us that God has a cord, a divine counsel. If if you're familiar with the story of Job, the story of Job begins that the sons of God came before God. And among them was who? Satan. Satan. That there was like a court, right? Where there was like a ruling, and we're gonna see other passages where we see that happening. And and listen, God knows all things, but here's something you got to know about God: He loves to partner up with His creation. He could He could He could reveal His glory on His own in this world, but He's chosen to work through you and through me. So, one of the roles that these celestial beings is that they contribute to divine counsel. The second thing. The second function is that they assist in governing the human world. They assist. We're going to see how demons rule over certain areas. If you're familiar with the story of, of Daniel, it says that Daniel was praying for 21 days, and after 21 days, the angel finally appeared to him, and he says, the first day that you prayed, I was dispatched to bring you an answer. He says, but the prince of Persia fought me back, and Michael, the archangel, had to come. And back him up so that he could come to Daniel and give him the answer. These, the, the, these celestial beings govern over certain areas. And as we've seen, it could also be true of angels. There's certain angels that, 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 are, that oversee uh, certain geographical areas of this world. Number three. They deliver divine decrees and explain divine activity. They deliver divine decrees and explain divine activity. Let me tell you what that means. Once again, going back to Daniel, it was the angel who had to come and explain to him the vision that Daniel had had. And he said, Daniel, here's what that means. But they also delivered divine activity. Think about the Christmas story, right? It was filled with angels. An angel appeared to, to John's dad. An angel appeared to Mary. And angel, angels appeared to the, to the shepherds. To tell them What? that the Messiah was coming, right? So they deliver, they explain divine activity. Number, the next one is that they execute divine judgment. They execute divine judgment. What do we mean by this? They are the ones that God uses to bring about punishment. Think about Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that story? God sends two angels into Sodom and Gomorrah and they are the ones that destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. They brought about God's judgment to that. And then last but not least and I'll end with this. They give God glory, they give glory and praise to God. And I would add there unendingly. Angels, angels. The Bible tells us that angels are constantly worshiping God that they're constantly in a stone singing holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is is to come. The earth is full of his glory and that they sing that over and over and over and over again. And you're probably thinking, man, that is boring. If that is what we're going to do in heaven, that is boring. Well, let me tell you something. They're able to sing holy, holy, holy over and over again because they know God in a way that you and I don't know him because they have been exposed to his presence and his glory and let me tell you when you and I get to be in God's presence and in God's glory and we see him as he is let me tell you that our response is going to be the same it's going to be to sing glory 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 holy 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 is he so you know what that means you know what that means that means two things and here's what I want to end with angels are able to sing this way because they know him in a way we don't so you got to keep growing in your knowledge of God you got to keep growing in your relationship with God but the second thing is you got to begin to practice worship here on earth now listen to me you know I love you right some of you you skip worship intentionally and I want to tell you stop it Stop it. Worship is not about you. And I know you say, I'm just a late person. You know, my kid. We don't do worship for you. We do worship for him. And it's important that we begin our week worshiping the one that is holy, holy, holy. So, so, So if you're coming late, If you just got used to coming late, stop it. Stop it, as your pastor, I'm telling you, stop it. God is worthy of you making sure you get here on time so that you are here to worship him and sing to him and just thank him for all he has done. How how can we skip on giving God glory but then have all the freedom we want to ask him for all the things that we think we need? How does that work? It doesn't. So angels are constantly singing. And these these angels, I think one of the few good things that Hollywood got right about angels is that they do have an angelic voice. They sing in such a beautiful tone. And I know that not all of us do. But here's what the Bible tells us. Although these angels are constantly worshiping God, when we gathered and we worship, God leans over and he wants to hear your worship. He wants to hear your praise. And he's not concerned about you hitting the tone and coming in at the right mark. He just wants to make sure that your heart is connected to your mouth. And when your heart is connected to your mouth, you can sound like a dying geese, but it'll it'll praise God and not only not only will it honor God check this out this is so awesome the Bible says that he comes and he dwells in our praises he comes and he makes his dwelling place in our worship some of you have been wondering God where are you well maybe if you worshiped him you you would welcome him so we gotta get to know him and we have to make an effort to worship him Not just here at church, at home too. Stop listening to Peso Pluma and put some worship. Now, I know some of you acting like you don't know who Peso Pluma is. I know you know and you know, I know you know. Okay. He's my fellow Mexican brother, but his worship is not as good as the one God wants from you. So let's get to know him and let's worship him. Would you bow your head with me?
0: We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Congratulations! If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.